Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about ways to clear the past so that we can live a fulfilled life now and envision a brighter future. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Dr. Fujian Zane. Dr. Zane is a psychotherapist, radio podcast host, international speaker, and author. She has her doctorate in clinical psychology and is a licensed marriage and family therapist. Dr. Zane is the originator of Awareness Integration. She has appeared on the Dr. Phil Show and has been a speaker at several universities, including Harvard. You can reach Dr. Zane at her website, fujan.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Dr. Zane. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. It's so wonderful to be with you, and um, I've been waiting to chat with you, so it's it's exciting to be here. And I just wanted to let people know that um, thank you for sharing my website. Um, I have changed the website to fujanzane.com. Oh, I'll wonderful. Later, how come this change came about? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I'll make sure to include the correct link in the description so you make sure that I get that right, because we want people to be able to connect with you. And I am so excited. I have actually been kind of dancing around the house today, kind of fangirling, because I, I get to talk to the author of something beautiful and amazing and new. And so the concept of awareness integration is new to me. And I looked it up and I read an article on the PubMed website from the National Institute of Health called Awareness Integration, a New Therapeutic Model. And I'm so excited about the statistics from, um, from the pilot study that 76% decrease in depression and 60% decrease in anxiety. 43% increase in self-esteem and 20% increase in self-efficacy. And I thought, ooh, I love this. I love things that work. And so I am so excited for you to teach me. Here we have the author, the creator of this, and I just am learning from the source and I am delighted. Thank you, Linda. Um, yes, uh I have been a therapist and a coach for about 30 years, and I've gone to therapy and have gone to all of these different types of um, self-actualization um, courses all my life, too. And um, I got everything that I learned from all of them, which were the best of the best of what I ever learned from there, and kind of, you know, did it together in different type of sequences in this in uh, my therapy sessions or the coaching sessions so the best that the cognitive theories had to offer in challenging uh, you know our paradox and uh, dualities and the thought process and uh, negative beliefs and irrational beliefs and whatever all the emotional um, theories had to offer to check into your emotions and see what the message is and where is it in your body and how to release it and how to manage it um, all the behavioral theories and how to look at how their behavior has a result. And if you change your behavior, you could change the results and obviously then change your emotions and belief systems. And, you know, your perspective would change because obviously you did something which had a different result, which gave you a different perspective. And then uh, working with a lot of traumas and hypnosis and eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and seeing how uh, the traumas from our childhood um, and at any point would um, separate us, dissociate us, and the, all of these different parts kind of like hold dissociative and kind of brought them together 
And so instead of going from one door, now we go from three doors, four doors, all at once. We'll go, we'll check out the thought process, the emotional process, the behavior and the impact. And based on that, we put like a camera inside and a camera outside to first become aware of ourselves so that in the present moment, as I become really good at awareness of myself, then I have a choice to shift any of them, right? I can shift my thought if I say that's not working immediately. I can shift my emotion. I can shift my behavior in order to have a different result as I have it. So that's how the whole process began. And then one of the things that I kept sensing, Linda, is as I went to all of these courses with masters of psychotherapy, the best that I ever heard is we go to the past, we go to look at the belief systems, we cry a lot, we, you know, we soothe ourselves and then we come back. But nobody was talking about dismantling the belief. And to me is obviously if all of the theory says that I'm the one who creates the belief, then I must have to be able to dismantle it. Um, so then it was okay, then let's go with all these three doors and dismantle the belief wherever in my memory that I decided that I'm not good enough or I'm bad or whatever I said to myself, which is wasn't fair to me necessarily and wasn't accurate, but I said it and I generalized it and, you know, I live by it. There is a way that I can go and dismantle this. So those are the reasons that this whole concept began. Um, and then obviously in Personal Growth Institute, we started with all of the different therapists and clients from different parts of the world and different languages and cultures. And we began doing the study, which is the one you're talking about. And then we did this study with um, a group of divorced uh, uh, group. And uh, that happened only in a six hour workshop. And even with that, we saw, and even with a six hour workshop, we were uh, minimizing depression and, uh, uh, and, and anxiety. And then we took it to Cal State Long Beach of uh, four classes, um, two instructors, four classes, and we did it as a self-help because I was writing the book Life Reset and as a self-help. So we took the self-help and gave it to the students as a modules um, every week. So they had a 13-week course. So every week we gave them one area of life for them to do this monologue. No coach, no therapist. We still got 60% minimization of uh, depression and 40% minimization of anxiety. So that was astonishing that even without it, we were doing that. And that's why we're creating the app. And that's where Fujan.com is going to be switching to the app. So we're going to create an app where everybody as a self-help can actually do the model and it's going to probably be out in a couple of months. That is so exciting. Oh my goodness. So I'm loving all of these things and putting things together. I love that there's more than one right way to do things. And as you're pulling the best of the best and incorporating these different kinds of ideas together to create something beautiful and something whole, I think that's so lovely. And I love the idea that you're not just helping people cope, you're helping people heal. I love that idea of dismantling incorrect beliefs that I'm not good enough, I can't do anything right, I'm such a failure, or whatever, 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 instead of just trying to 
you know, deal with those things. Let's change that. I love that. And you mentioned a camera within and a camera without. Would you mind elaborating on that? I thought that was a beautiful mental image. Absolutely. So, Linda, when, when you look at this, as we all live in a relationship, right? Like, if, even if you put me into a white room with nothing around, I will begin conversing with myself or something in, on the wall I'll see and start talking. So we're all living in, a, in relationships. There is no other way of living except relationships, right? Even with objects, we create a relationship, even with an object, right? With your car. Don't you have a relationship with your car? Like there's a relatedness that happens. So we started looking at one type of a relationship is from me to you. I have a thought process as I'm talking to you that I think a particular way about Linda. I feel a particular way, a way about Linda. I behave a particular way. And then obviously my thought, my feelings, and my behavior has an impact. So if I have a positive ones, then I create a positive impact in a relationship. And if I have negative ones, I'll create negative. And obviously as a human being, I have both. So it depends on which one is, has a little bit, you know, of a higher degree than the other. And you can see that in any relationship, right? I can have that with my intimate relationship, with my colleagues at work and you know with children with my own mother and father any any relationship with money with career with sexuality anything that you can imagine um areas of life we have this so from me to you in four levels thought emotion action and then impact what was the last one i missed the last one i'm so sorry thought emotion uh Action, behavior, and impact. Impact, impact, that's the word, okay. So the thought and emotion are here internally. The behavior is a bridge between me and the outside world, and the impact is what happens in the outside world. Okay, okay. The second part is um, we all have an assumption. We live in assumptions. That's what we do. We're always assuming something. And we needed to do that because as a hurt community, we needed to assume if you're going to be safe for me or not, right? So even infants, in, in, if they have a mirror neuron, they will look at you and emotionally they'll get if you're safe or not. They will look at your facial expression and they have an assumption about what's going on with you. So we all do this, right? And it impacts us. Like we make decisions based on our assumptions and we live our life based on that. So as I sit here, I might also have an assumption about how does Linda think of me? How does she feel about me? How is she actually behaving toward me? Or what are my assumptions about her behavior? Like she would do something and I have my own assumptions about it. And then how does my positive or negative assumptions affect, has an impact in my life and Linda's life, right? So that's the second one. The third one is we take ourselves everywhere. So although I'm sitting here with Linda, I have a way of thinking about myself. So if I think I'm confident and I'm great and I'm good and all of that, and I feel you know proud of myself, I come across another way with you and I'll behave another way versus thinking, oh my God, I'm not ready. Uh, you know, I might not be that good. I feel shame. I feel embarrassed. Well, I'm going to behave a particular way with Linda, right? 
and it has a different effect. So, so we have three arrows going one from me to you, one my assumptions are from you to me, and then one that goes from me to me, right? So when I say we put a camera internally and externally, is that I watch how my thoughts and emotions are internally about you, about my assumptions about you, and about myself. And then I do a camera that goes from outside. So I watch my behavior and then what happens outside. So as I watch these pieces um, and constantly look at in different areas of my life, in every area of relatedness that I have, then I get to have, uh, like I'm a driver's seat, that at any moment, you know how you're driving, and at any moment you're watching, and if a car comes by, you make a choice at that moment of what do I need to do? Do I, you know, stop? It's a green, it's a red light. Do I go as a green light? It's green light, but there's a car coming, so I'm going to choose to stop. So we're at every moment we're looking at that, this is what we get to do with all aspects of our relationship and not only our drive. Does that make, it make sense so far? Oh, yeah. I love that, putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life. So we're not just going on autopilot and just reacting, but we're making a conscious decision with our hands on the steering wheel. Do I stop? Do I go? Do I turn? Do I go straight? That's, that's awesome. So there's more? Yes. Those were three phases. The fourth phase, what we do is during the time that we're looking at how do I think about myself or the world, we start looking at the negative beliefs that are limiting to me and constantly hold me back. And then there's a process of taking that and going to the past, to the original memory that happened, um, clarifying with that part of me what was my need. Um, sensing that what is it that that child never got or that part of me never got. Um, and then embracing that part, bringing it back and integrating it into the system. So some people look at it as the psychodynamics. Some people look at it as the inner child work. Some people look at it as uh, transactional analysis. So I learned it from all of them. All of them I tried. So then I brought in the specific element of sometimes... You know, Linda, when you go to a Hawaii and uh, or somewhere on vacation and then you take pictures and videos and you bring the pictures and videos and then like 10 years later, um, you forgot a lot of the experience and all you remember from the Hawaii are the pictures and, and videos. So whenever I said, how was Hawaii? And then you'll bring the pictures and videos and say, look, look at where we, you know, this is what experience of Hawaii was like. Well, we do that with life. We pick certain memories and we forget the rest of it, the, the life. So we just hold on to certain memories. So with those certain memories, every time you go like, how was your childhood? We keep going back to those pictures and videos. Not all of childhood, just those pictures and videos. If there were trauma and we, you know, the trauma was holding, all we keep going is to those pictures and videos. What I noticed, Linda, through the years is those memories that sometimes we're holding on to, they're not the original time that we made a lot of the beliefs. So there's a way to go to the original time that we actually made up that I'm bad. Right? Wow. Okay. So, so there's a way to go back to those memories 
the actual memories that I set that up. Let me give you an example. I was working a lot on my like abandonment issues. Um, and if you ever ask me why, you know, how come my abandonment issues got created, I would tell you, of course, because my parents were divorced at age six. But when I was doing this process and I was learning this process and I was working with my clients and I was teaching it to the therapist and, you know, when I was teaching to therapists, I would be the client with them and I would put the hat of a client and would go back and forth. And when we're working on these abandonment issues and it wasn't because of my parents, it started actually because both my parents worked a lot and they put me to the first time that they were putting me with a nanny somewhere else. That's the first time. I, that whole experience started and then got, it got more and more and more. So that when I went back to the actual memory, which you go through your body and, uh, then dismantled the concept of abandonment and came back and integrated. So then when you integrate all of these pieces in different areas of your life, um, it's almost like you take every part of you that was separated or abandoned somewhere you bring them and bring them to you here and different than inner child work you don't need to be left with a lot of inner children around you integrate them so if i'm 60 years old i don't need to have emotional states anymore that are young and are left all my emotional states can graduate up to who i am as a 60 year old does that make sense? Wow. Okay. I love this. So as I'm thinking and recapping, you know, as you're trying to find the the root cause of that feeling of abandonment in your example, and you thought you found it, right? And that answer made perfect sense, but it wasn't the solution because there was something prior And that is really hard because probably when you had this nanny, you were too little, as you said, to take that mental picture. You, there, there are no pictures. There's nothing to define that. So I am so curious. How did you get from the divorce down to, I was left with a nanny. I was left at daycare. What, what process are you using? That's amazing. Your body keeps score, and there's there's a book that's called Your The Body, body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I've read it. It's fantastic. Fantastic. And you're, when you do a lot of trauma work with people, you see that your body holds a lot of the memory. And the neural network that gets the memories saved have to do with a particular process, thought process and emotional process and the place that they are in your body. And when you get these two, you know those locks that, you know, you put on your uh, suitcase that has three numbers and you oh, got to yeah. get like the numbers in a row before that click opens. It's that that's the way it opens. It opens with the, the particular belief system and the thought, the emotion that gets created and where it is in your body. And when you get those three numbers together, click opens because your body is holding that emotion and that emotion then takes you to the thought process that was there and your body's sense and emotion holds it now sometimes we have it as memories have to be like a movie you know it has a beginning it has a middle it has an end memories don't get stored that way that's a 
That's what our brain does after we find a piece of memory. The same way you're like your dreams. Have you noticed like you, you have images of your dream when you wake up in the morning and then the rest of it, your brain kind of puts the rest of the story around it. And memories don't always stay the same. Every time you reviewed, you know, all of these um, research are showing that when you actually go back to any memory, you're reconstructing the memory consistently. So one of the problems that I found with psychotherapy, as I did it, is we kept going back to memories and the person keeps reciting the same story, which they were victimized. So we kept re-victimizing everybody so many years. I have so many clients who we kept going. They cried a lot and I gave them a lot of compassion. But we kept, we came, we went with the same story and kept re-traumatizing them and then came back and they left the, you know, they paid me and left. But none of that got healed. They just got re-traumatized and re-victimized and thought they were a victim. So it was like, that's not working in, you know, I was just like, no. So it was shifting that. It's like, no, we're going to heal it. We're going to shift it. We're going to look at it another way, all the memories, and uh, we're going to reintegrate that part of us with all of our strengths, the resiliency we have, how we have survived it. And look at me today. I've survived this. I don't need to go back to the victimization of a three-year-old or a five-year-old and an eight-year-old. Why? Because that three-year-old and a five-year-old and an eight-year-old was so powerful and resilient that I'm sitting here at 60 years of age and saying, caught it, survived it. I like that. The three-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old, whatever-year-old was resilient enough that I am here today. And I love the idea of not maintaining victimhood, but being able to truly heal and move forward. That is absolutely beautiful. And I loved that mental image you gave of that combination lock of putting the things together And the secret for me and my healing is inside of me and I have to get the pieces together. So that is fascinating. And is that a a new process that you came up with? That's something that's different? Because I know in um, The Body Keeps the Score, he said, and I love that he said, oh, this works and 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 this one, not so much. But but and, And I love that there's more than one right way to do things. And I think that's beautiful. So. Yes, and that's why, as I said, I brought the best that I have ever learned. And together, it's like a sequence that you go from this to this to this to this thing. You know, it's the same way like when you look in chemistry, they're all elements, but then you take this element and bring this sequence into it and suddenly it gives you another liquid, another element, right? So it's the same thing. I What I had learned so many years from all these amazing masters of psychotherapy and worked it through, I just formulated a sequence that when you go through the sequence of becoming aware of your present moment, you go and clean up the past. And then after you clean up the past, now you come in and create an intentional being. This is who I am. This is my strength. These are my vulnerabilities. And I'm going to, you know, this is why I intend to be. These are the thought processes that I choose to focus on. These are the emotions that I choose to, you know, foster and generate. These are the actions that I'm committed to. And these are the results that I'm uh, intending and committing to create. And then you go through, you know, with this, 
way of being intentional, then you go through every area of your life again. Like we have 21 areas in the book, for example, Life Reset. You go through 21 areas of your life and you create systematic long-term goals, short-term goals, maintaining goals, and um, you, you recreate um, on an intentional level who you want to be and intend to be every day in every relationship. So now your life becomes intentional. So now you have the goal, you have the cameras that keep you in check, and you've cleaned up the past. So you know where you're going to go from home, you're going to sit down in your car driving because you have a goal where to go. You have your cameras where you could check and steer and do all of that while you go. And if there's any limiting beliefs that shows up to takes you away, you now have a tool to go back, check in, clear, integrate, come back, move forward to get create a fulfilling life for yourself. Wow. That is so empowering. Puts you in the driver's seat of your life. That is absolutely beautiful and amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Will you say the name of your book again? The book is called Life Reset. Life Reset. And is it complete? Is it out? Yes, Life Reset was out in 2017. You can get it in Amazon's Life Reset, the awareness integration path to creating a life you want. And for all of the therapists and coaches which are uh, who are out there who are interested, the book Awareness Integration um, Therapy uh, was out the beginning of uh, or end of 2021. So that's out also. They can get it from Amazon. Uh, there's a book that's coming out. It's uh, in the publisher's hand at this point. Which we've taken this through in it's called Intentional Parenting, um, which we've taken the awareness integration uh, theory and took it into parenting and every chapter is about an age group. Uh, So we talk about the developmental stages of that group and then how from this approach you can take on parenting. Um, And then there's a certification program for the therapists and coaches uh, that if they like to be able to do this for themselves and for their clients, um, they can get involved and, um, you know, let us know. And then uh, they can go through the courses in order to be certified, especially because the app is coming, which is called Fujan, the inner, uh, the empowering inner voice. Um, it's coming within a couple of months. We definitely love to have a lot of therapists and coaches globally around the world um, to have this, uh, to be certified in this because the app is done in a, same way we did it with um, Castle Long Beach as a self-help model. But, you know, most, a lot of us really need a support to take our hands. You know, we need a mirror to, to show us the places we don't know and we can't see. So although, you know, self-help helps beautifully for many people, but if they needed someone to support them through the path, we want to have people who are um, certified in this method so they can support them. I love that. And I love that this is becoming a global movement. It, it just delights me. The leaps and bounds that have taken place in our understanding of trauma 
and how to help ourselves and how to heal. I, I've just seen just amazing things. Like again, in, in The Body Keeps the Score, when he talks about his career and how at the beginning, when he was just getting started, it was right after the, was it the Vietnam War? And, and the, the vets would come back and they were just distraught and there was, they didn't know what was wrong with them. They just thought everybody was crazy. And like the terms of, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder didn't exist. And we've come from there to, okay, now we not only can define things, describe things, we can explain them and we can heal from them and move on. This is not an expectation of, I am so sorry your life sucked and we'll help you, you know, get out of bed in the morning. It's okay. So you had some hard things. Aren't you wonderful that you are so resilient that you're still standing? And because you were resilient then and you're still standing now, now we can help you turn a camera in, turn a camera out, heal and have a beautiful, bright future where you are in the driver's seat of your life. And I'm so grateful that you are part of this amazing evolution of understanding. And I am so thankful that you are here visiting with me today and sharing your insight. I am so grateful. Thank you, Linda. As you were sharing, I just wanted to also share this with you. Part of the way that this model also works is that when you look at it in different areas of your life, because I notice people will come into my office and they have a horrible, horrible relationship in their intimate world with their marriage or mate. And then I would look at it and I'm like, well, how do you, you're very successful at work. How do you handle it over there? How do you handle communication? How do you handle conflict resolution? How do you handle anger management? Well, you're pissed at somebody at work or your customers or, you know, coworkers or, uh, you know, boss or whatever. And they would tell me all these elaborate skills that they have that they were using every day. <laughs> but that never got bridged into, you know, their marriage. So it was like, okay, well, if we go along and we make this process, the sixth phase, into all areas of life, Whatever matters to you. And usually when you look at it, people usually have around 20 areas of their life, right? You know, like we deal with people we don't know. Like when we said, you know, you're driving and you're dealing with people you don't know. You go into Starbucks and you're dealing with people you don't know. And then acquaintances and then um, friends and, um, you know, extended family members, you know, in-laws and all of those. And then work, career, finances, um, exes. You know, most people, if they're about 30, they have exes um, all that impacted their life. Um, you know, their romantic relationship, children, siblings, uh, the their relationship with mom, relationship with dad, which made a lot of those uh, trigger points. Um, and then, um, you know, the area with self, right? You have a, you have a relationship with yourself. You have a relationship with your body. You have a relationship with your illnesses, you know, addictions, illnesses. So, you you know, you have a whole different type of relatedness with that. And then with nature, with universe, with, uh, with death. We have a relationship with death. We have a relationship with God. So when you do these processes with every single relationship that you actually have and you look at, how do I think, feel, and behave? How do I assume? How am I with it? 
what are some of the core beliefs that show up in all of these different, you know, areas as I look at it and you go keep cleaning up. Um, it's interesting how much you clean up from everywhere. Because, for example, if you had an idea about your mom said something or did something and you just decided that obviously I'm bad. Um, then you went, you took this, I'm bad. And when you went to kindergarten, if your friend or your teacher said something to you, you were like, see, I'm bad. And then you went to, you know, you went to school and then, um, anything that would happen, you're like, see the self-fulfilling prophecy, obviously I'm bad. And then you have, you go into a romantic relationship in your teenagehood, which everybody goes through some trauma with it, uh, then you're like, obviously I'm bad. See, they left to me. And then you go your first job and you're not doing well and maybe your boss fires you or your coworker, you know, uh, gets hired uh, and, and, you know, gets promoted and you're like, see, I'm bad. So you could see the same core belief works with you in every area of life and then gets hooked in everyone. So when you do this process in all of these areas of your life, you keep dismantling all of those in all of the areas. So you fully get integrated because you've kind of completed all. And then you take, you watch what skills do I have in other areas, which I'm not using in the other areas. And then you bring them back and you bridge through them. I like that. You mentioned early, you carry yourself with you wherever you go. And as you mentioned, you know, we have job and relationship and this, that, and the other. The one common denominator is me, my relationship, my job, my mom, my kindergarten teacher, my whatever. And so it looking here for the answers is fantastic. And once again, it is empowering because then I'm not waiting for the whole world to change before I become happy you know, my mom has to change, my kindergarten teacher has to change, my boss has to change, my neighbor has to change, my spouse has to change. It's the power is here. And I love that. Yes, yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Was there any last things you'd like to share before we close? Um, I just think we all deserve to be happy. You know, we come into this world and we're given the frontal cortex and we're given the beautiful emotions that human beings have and you know the, the the abilities that we have as species that obviously other animals didn't have and uh, it's like use it in order to just create fulfilling lives for ourselves and everyone around us because when we're depressed when we're not taking care of ourselves it's not just about us you know we affect the world so my first responsibility is take care of me. And then based on that, as I create a fulfilling life, then I, then I share that with my mate, with my children, with the next generation, with my community. Um, so I just want to tell everybody we deserve to have a fulfilling life. So deserve it, take it on. And what's it. even better than just deserving it is we have the power to do it and have it. Oh, I love that. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Roy T. Bennett. He said, time doesn't heal emotional pain. You need to learn how to let go. Today, I invite you to learn how to let go of emotional pain so that you can live joyfully now and in the future. 
See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.